welcome to the first official episode of the Game Off Podcast. I'm Andrew Paulo. And I'm Brent Langevin. And today we're going to be matching up Apex Legends and Anthem in our first matching up of two games. Uh, first, we're going to go over some news. But before that, uh, I'm going to introduce myself a little bit here. I'm Andrew. I've been gaming for a great portion of my life. Uh, the majority of games I play are good ones. Games like solitaire games, <laughs> puzzle RPGs, typing first-person shooters. You know, the really games for the masses. Games for the masses. Picross games on mobile. Anything with the word tycoon in it. And then a lot of FPSs and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Brent Langevin, as I told you before. Um, I, I'm i sort of a good juxtaposition to Andrew, whereas I play a good good chunk of multiplayer games, um, a lot of a lot of shooters, RPGs, a lot of a lot of AAA games. Um, and whereas I'm more of a console player, whereas I own every major platform, uh, Andrew plays primarily on PC, so mm-hmm. we we'll get some complimenting um, opinions on things or conflicting. Dun dun dun. I own I own a switch now though, so I've got I've got that I've got some options there. That's true. That's and true. nope, that's it. I don't have any others. We just jump into some news. So my interesting story of the week was THQ's very intriguing decision to do an informal AMA on Eight Chan. Eight Chan, for those unaware is kind of like a distilled version of 4chan if you took all the worst things of 4chan mm. and got them onto one site. It's <laughs> it's an image site. I believe, like 4chan, it's completely anonymous who's going on there. And it it's so frequently associated with racism, militant far-right ideology and postings, and child pornography that's just been completely delisted from Not Google. At least of all. Yeah, yeah, at least of all child pornography. <laughs> yeah. Um, that it, it's now, it's been delisted f- from Google for having such associations with child abuse and child pornography. Right. It's, which is incredible, that they, the lack of preparation that they put into... Um, setting this whole thing up. Now, for a little bit of background, THQ Nordic is um, sort of a, not, not necessarily a recovering brand, because I think Nordic ended up buying all of the THQ licenses, and recently they've published uh, games like um, Darksiders 3. Um, mm-hmm. What else have they done lately? Can you remember any? Did they do that remaster of Titan Quest? Uh, maybe? I, I think that was a THQ property. <laughs> well, Whatever the case, I think Darksiders 3 was like sort of their their lightning rod game lately. And from what I've heard, that's been very successful. And the company as a whole has been on the up and up lately and not not necessarily can do no wrong, but they've like they've curated a great image in the industry. And to just go from that to whoops, we accidentally hosted an open AMA on a site known for its child pornography and racism. <laughs> it's and, a bit of an about face. Oh yeah, for sure. I so to to cite Polygon because um, you you probably did a bit more research than me, but I read the Polygon article where they cited the PR guy who set this whole thing up uh, as in communication with Eight Chan, and they said that they were gonna 
repress all of the nasty stuff. So they were aware that something wasn't great. That's the thing that's been taking me off the most of this story is the best possible reading I think you can give is that THQ, or at least that guy, was trying to be edgy. (laughs) Because anything Uh... beyond that is either THQ's PR people are completely incompetent, or they were fully aware of what they were doing and thought this was a good idea. Right. And it seems like they're they're trying to play the incompetence uh, method of recovery because they seem to have just thrown this guy completely under the bus. Which I, I just can't imagine that for a company the size of THQ Nordic, that this is the only guy that had any peace in this decision. At no because right. it's not like it's not like something like Reddit where you can do a lot of reading about Reddit and not realize that it it's got a lot of horrible things on it. Like, (laughs) it's very difficult to read anything about 8chan without coming across racism and child abuse as its main focus. Yeah, I'm sure if he even Googled for one second, like, what is 8chan, uh, the Wikipedia would not be, uh, uh, you know. (laughs) It's not kind. (laughs) It's it's not going to instill any sort of, you know, confidence. I, I don't know. I think I think it's very... I think they're asking us to be very charitable in just saying, oh, it was this one guy and we shouldn't have listened to him. He should have done more research. Like, either he did no research at all, which speaks something to their PR team and him, mm-hmm. or they ran this and said, look, yeah, this is a website that's kind of full of racism and child porn, but we're going to get our bit in the news cycle and it'll get us part of the the discussion and part of the discourse. And so we'll be out there and our name will be out there. Sure did. Which one of the things I'll find, I found interesting and this kind of even harkens back to about five minutes ago at no point during any of the, the things I saw people talking about this were people talking about THQ Nordic's games. No, I don't, I don't think I noticed that, which I mean, I guess is a good thing for them because they probably want to distance themselves from it. Right, but for as a PR move, this has entirely just been about THQ Nordic. I think they're fortunate for that because it's all so negative right now. Like, would you want them bringing, like, would you want people talking about Darksiders while talking about, you know, child pornography in the same breath? Like, I think they've lucked out. Oh, yeah, they absolutely have. And I know that even in the, the, brief things I was reading about what actual questions went on in the AMA, it was a lot of questions of like, are you going to let social justice warriors censor your games? I It's it's too on the nose for me. It almost seems like the kind of thing that if you were writing a parody about a publisher, a publisher's AMA on 4chan, it would read like. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's idiotic. And I don't think we'll ever really know what, how this all played out internally at THQ because there's a cynical part of me that believes that they're just letting this one guy take the blame, but that it wasn't just one guy making this call. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be curious to see, because this is still unfolding. Like there, there's no way THQ Nordic's going to completely 
distance themselves from this. Like people still very much expect an apology from the company itself because like they literally just posted the apology from the PR guy and yep. expected this to go away. But none of the headlines have been uh, fucking Brock did it again. Like <laughs> every, every single one's been THQ Nordic shit the bed. Yeah, this has not been their finest hour, which, as you kind of framed there, is a shame because they've been doing all right for a while. They've been making a lot of good moves and seemed like they were one of the better publishers out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they showed us Darksiders alone. <laughs> no shit. They've they've also been buying up a lot of uh, like just dormant IPs from companies that may or may not have closed down or. They, uh, buying them up off of the auction block and stuff like that. So, like, I'm still excited to see what they output in the future, but they need to... They're clearly still a growing company with growing... Massive growing pains if they don't have very firm PR processes. Yeah, it's just... It kind of falls into that whole problem that that a lot of the larger video game companies that publishers are working into right now, which is trying to be fun on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, who who isn't doing that now? Ubisoft sent out that email about uh, come check out the Division 2 beta to see a real government shutdown. <laughs> oh, okay. <Just> a, <laughs> weird tonal issues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody needs to read these things before they go out. Just like somebody needs to be like, mm, 8chan, you know, maybe this guy doesn't know what he's doing. You should Google something. I see. Yeah, I think that that's all I got for that one. Um, yeah, so the other other news bit uh, I want to talk about this week um, was the official cancellation of Overkill's The Walking Dead game. Um, and this is a cancellation of the console ports. The PC version technically did release, but they have since canceled all, or ended all support on the game, so there's not going to be any more updates. Uh, I don't even know if you can buy it anymore, um, because they basically said if you have any problems with this, you can go straight to hell. Um, so this, I, I love how much of like a nightmare weave this is. And, and I think my, my main interest in this is just breaking down how, like, just how stupid this whole thing's been because it became news this week after it was sort of not announced by the company, but actually announced by Sony that the game's PS4 port was canceled and that they were going to start refunding people. So Sony sort of makes the first move here. And they're they're not involved in the publishing or development of this game whatsoever. The game is licensed by Skybound, which is actually owned by... Skybound's actually a development and publishing firm for games, and it's owned by Robert Kirkman, and who is the creator of Walking Dead. So he actually licenses this game out to Overkill. Overkill is a developer who has made Payday, um, yep, Payday, Payday we, 2, and whatever the hell the name of that World War II game they came out with last year. Yeah, yeah. And so they they develop what is, uh, I think, universally considered a train wreck of a game, which is The Walking Dead game. Uh, so this is published <laughs> on PC by Starbreeze. Starbreeze is not shy about telling people that it has been a colossal failure. There's numerous reports that internally at Overkill and at Starbreeze, like nobody ever thought this was going to be a good game. So cut to Sony's email to all PS4 users who had pre-ordered the game, telling them that it was canceled. 
505 Games, who's the publisher for the console versions, steps in and says, says, whoa, 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 we didn't cancel this. It's still coming out. So Sony has to then <laughs> resend that email. <laughs> and every obviously every PS4 user is probably confused. PS4 users that have pre-ordered the game probably confused as hell. So this is where it gets really interesting, because Skybound, now Skybound is the license owner, has caused to terminate the contract finally after this whole thing is said and done they step in and they're like no we're not happy with any of this the contract's terminated you can no longer publish this game and everyone else is just standing sitting around with their dicks in their hands i cannot get over just how stupid and how many companies were involved in just this colossal shitstorm of a story overkill and, and starbreeze have a storied history with putting out bad console ports the payday 2 console port for something for the xbox one had bugs for the longest time that were really? like b- bugs on release or with day one patch you know caused by the day one patch that i think may still exist that just yeah, never got fixed as far as i know they do and they also released a statement saying that they weren't going to fix them yep. which is just the cojones that that takes just hey guys we're not working on this. Don't even <laughs> hold your breath. What is that going to do for sales? Like, just log it internally and be like, we'll get to it if we can. Like, I, why would you just shut the door on that entirely and alienate an entire council of people? I get the feeling that Starbreeze may not be the best publisher. <laughs> what tipped you off, Andrew? <laughs> I remember back in, because I played a lot of Payday 2 when that was a game people still played. And there was a period of time where during, uh, before release, the lead developer, whose name I can't remember right now, made a very, like a non-negotiable statement on how there would be no microtransactions in the game, period. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it would, there would be no microtransactions, and if you think that we would put them in there, you're crazy, or something along those lines. <laughs> and then cut to two years later, when they make a big announcement about how they're adding microtransactions and loot boxes. <laughs> didn't they also like roll that back too they did i think eventually overkill took it away from starbreeze and self-published the last like five or six dlc packs what the fuck so like once they had already had a rocky yeah once i think they had like a two-year publishing agreement and once that was up they they pulled it back so It, it looked really bad yeah, so clearly there's some discourse between this developer and the publisher already. And, you know, flash forward to 2019, which is, what, four or five years after that whole thing? There's like, They're still not making them money, clearly. Starbreeze is, like, not... I don't think they've publicly said anything, but there's... I, I read a couple of articles that, like, they've acknowledged that the game is a failure. It doesn't look like it's on sale on Steam anymore. That's, uh, I mean, I I would expect Valve to step in after this and say, mm, mm, mm. you guys ain't gonna support this game. We ain't gonna sell it. Like the, it looks like the DLC might still be available. That's dumb. Yeah. What What are you gonna do with that? I I don't know, but like you can buy <laughs> the the Walking Dead Deluxe Edition upgrade. Oh. But you can't buy the base game. Does it give you a good version of the game that they snuck past uh, 
Most of the reviews are talking about how this is all content that should have been in the initial release of the game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say a hard no on that. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's giving you a good game. It sounds like it's giving you a bad game. Fantastic. Well, I think my hot take on this is Starbreeze, you probably need to work with a better developer. <laughs> Overkill, you need to not release real shitty games. Yeah, that's and... not gonna change to them anytime soon. And in 505, you need to figure out what the fuck's going on with your your game that you're publishing. Why, how did you, why did you think it was still going to happen? They probably did right up until fucking Skybound comes in and they're like, no, this, this is over. We can't deal with this anymore. Robert Kirkman's just fucking weeping in his bed. Like, what have they done to my franchise? God, that, well, it's, it's not like The Walking Dead has had the greatest games, but this, this was supposed to be the one that broke that tradition. Because yes. I, I remember seeing ads for some Walking Dead games, other than, obviously, the, the Telltale one. I know there was one that starred Daryl, I'm pretty sure, and his brother. Okay. And that was, like, another first-person shooter where you, like, had a crossbow, and that was not supposed to be good. Yep, and I think they've, they've had some mobile games. And I'm sure there's ten mobile games. Hell, every Telltale game's on mobile still. I don't even yeah. think they've pulled those yet. Yeah, this is this is a franchise that's gotten it, has been quite well uh, farmed out and abused, run through the ringer. Largely profited upon, but I don't I know. this was too much for Robert. And it's also, not to parrot that line, but I feel like it's maybe five or six years too late for this game. Like, both for The Walking Dead and for zombie games in general. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, I'm wrong on that, but I feel like co-op zombie survival is kind of dead. Like, look at State of Decay 2. Mm, we'll see. That kind of came and went. <laughs> yeah, that was... I, that seemed like a positive flash in the pan for the most part, and then people stopped talking mm. about it after two weeks. I was disappointed. I, I wanted to like that game. I, I was excited for it when it came out, and I just kind of forgot mm. that it was out. Yeah. It, it sounds like a lot of the fun from that game does not come from the, the zombie you know, survival aspect, but more for like the, the town building yeah, and oh stuff yeah. like that. Did, did you, no, I, I only played play State of Decay any? one. I played a lot of State of Decay one, but I, I only played okay. that first one. Yeah. It sounded like the crafting was really interesting and a lot of the, um, relationships were really cool. But other than that, yeah, like the combat wasn't supposed to be at all fun, which I think would probably directly, uh, impede any, you know, longevity the game might have. It's, it's a damn shame. Yeah, there you have it. There's the the nightmare weave of Overkill's Walking Dead publishers and developers and licensers and licensees. That was fun. What what, what other games have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of Tetris 99, which oh I think is oh. my favorite game of the year so far. Oh, don't I, I I don't think I can be any more tantalized by this game but uh it's such a simple execution and it's done so well i love tetris tetris 99 general concept is you and 98 other people are all playing a game of tetris at the same time i, I actually i don't even know if your drops are all the same like if you're all coming from the same pool of everyone gets a uh a left squiggle and then a line and then a square like in that order if it's just random for everyone but you're all playing Tetris at the same mm. time as you clear lines 
they get sent to other people. And as other people get, you know, clear lines, they get sent to you. Very, I think one of the Tetris games for uh, PlayStation, that, that's where that idea came from. As far as like, a, you know, a two player competitive Tetris. And you keep playing as, and people keep getting knocked out from, you know, just general losing Tetris until someone is the winner of this big Tetris Battle Royale match. Mm. And matches take like 10 minutes max and they get faster as more and more people get knocked out. And you have this slight control over who you're sending your garbage to. So you can select a specific person or you can just say like, hey, send it to whoever is sending garbage to me or send it to whoever is close to being knocked out. Interesting. So that's the thing I'm most curious about, um, like how that mechanic sort of integrates with the controls, because like Tetris, real simple game. You got uh, two, three buttons. Everything else is pretty uh, erroneous. What? Uh, how does how does that work while you're playing so Tetris? So the left stick can be used to actually select cause all of the other Tetris games are going on to the left and right of your board. And yes, in what could be argued as the most uh, <laughs> cluttered UI in the history and of games, because it's you know you kind of you're laser focusing in, you get that tunnel vision on the board. You don't really see it. But you can manually use the left mm. stick to select which person you want to send to. And there's also a pop-up at the top of the screen where you can just select attackers, KO, random, and then it balances that for you. Uh-oh. So you can just say, like, all right, just put it to people who are attacking me and then never think about it again. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it works pretty well right, for that that little integration, which I thought was going to be, you know, as I was first playing with this thing, like, oh, crap, do I actually have to, while I'm playing, select who I'm sending this stuff to? And no, you absolutely don't. Thank God. Okay. I guess I'm a Tetris purist in that I don't want things getting in the way of my Tetris. So that's, like, my only apprehension with the game. But, I mean, everyone seems to be having a lot of fun with it. So I guess I should yeah, I, I mean, go and do you have if you've got switch online it's free if you don't have switch online i don't think it's available to you and if you have other consoles i don't think it'll ever be available ah well yeah i I think i heard it was an exclusive publishing effort with nintendo but i could be wrong there so yeah that that i've been playing that and the other one i've been playing uh as of actually yesterday is ape out which is the new release from devolver digital i think some of the art design was done by bennett foddy who did that getting over it with Bennett Foddy game that came out last year that I don't even really know how to explain that kind of weird. It was like a weird Zenish game where you're a man in a kettle using a shovel or something to move yourself over a mountain. Yeah. Oh, I remember that now that didn't, uh, <laughs> the Birches did a video on that and I was, I still yeah, I, I never it played it. So this is the best explanation i can give of getting over it with bennett foddy i heard it was very good and that it gave some people had feels related to it but (laughs) i wonder if the subtext is as obvious as it sounds or if it's just a really strange game i feel like it was a really strange game but i didn't play it so i can't say 100 percent ape out on the other hand is fantastic ape out is a top-down smash him up i guess i don't know what the genre specifically would be you're an ape 
in a some kind of ape testing facility and you've broken out and it is up to you to smash literally everyone around you in escape it looks so fun and one of the more interesting things was the how the audio sort of integrates with yes. all of the gameplay you have this like weird i'm sure there's a an intelligent term for this type of eclectic abstract jazz <laughs> But this weird drumming as you're running around with the ape and musical hits as you're smashing people in half and bullets are slamming against people that you're holding up as human shields. Yeah, it's an M-rated game, uh, so don't buy it for your children. But Buy it for anyone who likes ripping people in half. Mm. Or or crushing them with uh, objects and watching the blood splatter on the floor. And the... The... Oh, <laughs> There's so much blood and it is very satisfying. Well, people are going to think we're uh, sociopaths after this episode. It's it's sociopaths, yeah, but yeah. of people who are torturing apes. So, you know, it's it's a trade-off. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what PETA's hot take on this whole thing is. I, I have not <laughs> actually seen if they've made any comments on it. What about you? What are you been playing this week? Uh, literally just Anthem. And um, since we, you probably ascertained from the title of the episode, but today's matchup is going to be Anthem versus Apex Legends. Um, so I'm not going to talk about okay. it too much right now, but I've spent a fuck ton of time with Anthem this weekend. I played for 14 straight hours yesterday, being Saturday, March 2nd, 2019, for reference. Well, I shouldn't say fuck ton, because there's people that are so much further than me. For someone who works full-time and also tries to jam in games, I feel like I played a good amount. So we're going to start our competition. So I guess we have to introduce it since the first episode, and you guys um, probably at this point are like, what is this whole thing about? What are they get- What are they getting at? That's a good impression of them. It's exactly what they sound like. Me and Andy one day were sitting around saying, like, why, why aren't there more venues for actually like what was the we initial were talking idea? about brackets and, and how much fun brackets yeah, can be essentially and they make yeah just they generally make discussion and it seemed like for the most part it was just sports that got to play with brackets and you know there's good reasons for that because you yeah. know they have a lot of like food competitions or book they but look but why not though and so why then not? We we said, well, you know, how come, why not? And we, we're doing this. I, you might say, like, there's too many games to make just a whole bracket across the whole year. And you're right. We looked into it. It was too many games. And Way you have no many. real idea at the beginning of the year what games are going to be worth discussing by the end of it. Yes, yes. So uh, I think we decided that we're going to do this a little bit a la carte. Um, we're going to find games that are both relevant and sort of not captivating, but sort of in the public eye. And we're going to face them off. And then at the end of the year, we'll take all the winners of these face off that we've done throughout the year and then put those in an actual bracket that you can see and print out and have, you know, betting with your office mates on and discuss mm. those in a kind of end of the year March madness, but not in March. So a different name. Yeah, that pretty much covers um, the general idea. Now, the more nitty gritty stuff is, um, so we have a, a sort of a scoring system that sort of helps us determine who a winner is instead of uh, just us anecdotally saying my game is better. I think it should win. Now, again, we're not advocating for the games we play. We are just just the the vessels for information to decide with the criteria that we've set up who the winner is and that criteria is gameplay art and sound design uh another category we've sort of 
colloquially called world building, immersion, storytelling. It sort of wraps all the all those ideas up. You know, basically what 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 makes you like what brings the, that sort of intangible level to the game that's not just, you know, I'm pulling the trigger on this gun. This is real fun. That I sounds like, like a good game. game. So what else? Yeah, it could be. Um, sort of what else makes this game great? And in the last co- category for four for four is the overall experience where we talk about, you know, you know, what what our, our personal interactions with the game were like, um, if we had any issues with the game, how much fun it was. And that that will be worth twice as much as the other categories. So uh, consider the first three one point categories and then the last category, a two point category. So a game could win after the first three categories, but it'd have to be a landslide. And at that point, there's a good chance that it's already going to win. But we still want to cover all the details of these games so you guys get a real good idea of these games. And maybe you go out and buy it or maybe you shun it publicly, you know. We just want you to have all the information to do what you yeah, do Hopefully best. this will give you a good idea of what these games are and aren't and allow you to make an informed decision on which ones you should buy. Mm-hmm. With this first week, we have Anthem versus Apex Legends, two games that are absolutely dominating the, store, the headlines in the gaming industry. Um, something to note, too, is that uh, we both purchased these games. Uh, they were not granted to us. Um, Apex Legends is a free game. Well, so it it was well, but there, there was no promo- there's no promotional <laughs> consideration being made here. <laughs> give give us an introduction, Andrew, to Apex Legends. Apex Legends is the latest big battle royale game on the market, unless something's come out in the last week and I missed it. It's by the people who made Titanfall, which was a game where you fought inside of big robots and also with guns outside of big robots. Mm-hmm. And they made the brave step of not including big robots in their most recent game, being Apex Legends, which has worked out well for them. (laughs) The general conceit is you are dropping from the sky to fight other people who are dropping from the sky and landing in an island that has a lot of varied biomes for such a small island. You run around and you shoot people. And the last ones alive are the ones who aren't dead and therefore win. That that's that's the general mm. battle royale vibe of it. For for people who don't really know much about the battle royale genre, can you detail it a little bit and sort of what makes Apex Legends unique in that market I can. space? Battle Royale <laughs> is well. generally a large number of people dropped into a confined space, a large confined space, like an island or I, I guess a, a pit. And they're forced to fight each other to the death. And on a timer, I, th- I think, and correct me if, if there are Battle Royale games that don't have this, have the ring mechanic, but most of the ones that I've ever seen have a, on a timer this kind of wall surrounding the map shrinks a little bit, forcing everyone into smaller, yeah. more confined areas so that people can't just sit in trees yep. hoping someone walks by so they can shoot them. Everyone's constantly moving towards each other until you get these uh, especially in some of the gifts people probably have seen of Fortnite gameplay at the end very confined areas that people are fighting in so you could you could definitely say it's a core mechanic in battle royale so that's i think the you also you usually land with nothing you 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 start with with Mm. no guns no 
weapons of any kind, and you're forced to scavenge the buildings and caves and what else in the area to find whatever equipment you can to survive. And then use that and yeah. whatever you can pick up off of other dead bodies. Right. Yeah, so there's a survival aspect to the whole thing yeah. as well. Um, what I think makes... The, the things that I am aware of that make Apex Legends different, I may be missing something here, because again, I'm not the most familiar with the genre. There, there are different heroes you can play as that have different sets of abilities, kind of like you know the hero hmm. shooters of a couple years ago, like Overwatch. You pick whichever one you want to be at the beginning, and that gives you some kind of... you know One of them's a healer and can heal people. One of them is a guy with a shield and that's helpful. One of them is uh, a woman who can shoot smoke grenades. I don't know why those are good, but they are. I've not found a use for them yet. There's a robot that can swing from things. You know, a lot of dynamic characters that you can pick to, to play as. And that kind of informs your gameplay style a little bit. And you're also playing in squads. You're, you're always grouped up in groups of three. And I know that some other Battle Royale games have team-based gameplay, but this is possibly unique in that it has no solo option. You have to play with two other people and have to play in this squad. Yeah, of the three I've played, there's been a solo option, so I think this is unique. You're automatically paired with people, and a lot of the survival is sharing information, letting people know... Letting your mm. teammates know what's around you, if you see something, if you find items that you don't find useful but others might, like you find a really cool scope, but you're not using a scoped weapon, obviously your teammates might be and you'd want to let them know. So you can tag them and mm. that information is available to the to the to your teammates. You can also harass your teammates by constantly tagging really crappy weapons and just getting a laugh out of that. And that's something that seems to be very popular in the game these days. Also, I think unique to, to Apex, or at least again that I've heard, you can revive your downed teammates, and if they you, know, you they, they get knocked down, you can go over and help them back up and, and give them a little bit of health, and if they die completely, you can take something off their corpse and bring it to a little pod for them to respawn. Yeah, that part I think is unique. I think there's, there's like pickup mechanics like there is in Gears of War and a couple of the other ones. But again, I'm I'm not well versed in the genre either. Fairway. So that that's all I think. What makes it just obviously, you know, these are the the features that you won't find in other battle royale games. From my time hmm. playing Fortnite and the one time I played PUBG, the game the gunplay seems just infinitely tighter. It actually feels good to play rather than good enough to play i'm not sure if shots fired at fortnite or... <laughs> I, I mean i i loved the fortnite pve but it was uh, the, the you know player you know, playing against um the computer generated waves of zombies rather than other players but <laughs> to, to to the eight other people that played the pve yeah where we're, i'm sure i played with all of you at some point and to the three other people <laughs> that actually paid for microtransactions in that game like i did you're the reason they're making billions off this game, Andy. Or the reason that P the the Fortnite players versus enemies made $30. <laughs> the gunplay in this is a lot better. It felt like a good first-person shooter. And I'm sure a lot of it comes from having made games like Titanfall, where they, have, yeah. they put that knowledge into making a really tight gunplay experience. The movement is fast. The 
the uh, firefights and encounters are always quick and you don't feel like you're being you don't feel like you're missing or losing because the game isn't well made I, I didn't mm. have any situations where mm. I shot someone and, and it didn't hit and I felt like it should have mm. <laughs> yeah and this this comes from a, a real real storied dev team uh, Respawn Entertainment was created by one of the original heads of the team that made Call of Duty, and he spun off to make the original Titanfall, and then Titanfall 2, and now this game. So this is like decades of first-person shooter experience culminating into Apex Yeah, Legends. and it shows. This is clearly made by people who know how to make a, uh, make a first-person shooter, and it's it's great. That The, the gunplay <laughs> is fantastic. Um, the multiplayer aspects of it, it's really hard because I don't like playing games with people online, so it's very difficult for me to say, like, you know, compare this to other games because I don't like, I didn't like playing Overwatch online. I, I liked playing that with bots. I would, I'd pay <laughs> thirty to sixty dollars for Apex Legends with bots, where I, where I and maybe people I invite to a private server could play and mostly just be playing against bots. I'd pay ready money for that you're not going to unlock new things that make your you better at the game you just need to get better at the game or be pushed out of the game right which which is its sure, own reward sure that that is that is a style of <laughs> gameplay that is a style of game it's just not one that i really have shot for in the past yeah understandable yeah i guess uh... that, i think that kind of covers the the gameplay of of apex awesome uh, yeah, so I, I'll introduce Anthem now. Oh, wait, and you did the gameplay, too. I'll introduce Anthem, and then I'll talk about the gameplay. Anthem is a third-person shooter made by Bioware, who's made games previously like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, both very storied franchises RPG in the RPG space, although Mass Effect is also another third-person shooter, and you can certainly see where their experience making Mass Effect went into you know, influencing Anthem's end product. It's very much a um, detour from their usual path. Uh, Anthem is exclusively a third-person shooter with no RPG mechanics, really. No um, RPG mechanics at all? It's, I mean, well, that, you're right. That's not fair because it's essentially like an MMO uh, in the vein of Destiny um, where they expose all the numbers to you instead of hiding them. Other than that, really, it's, it's a, just a really tight third-person shooter. Yeah, I mean, it, like a lot of MMOs, you got you get you get your loot, um, you get you get big open worlds that you get to fly through. Um, you're not necessarily stuck on this one linear path when you're going going from here to there, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, as, as far as an introduction goes, that's probably that's probably all I can say. Um, I guess I'll talk about the gameplay now. <laughs> yeah, so one of the one of the best things about Anthem is definitely the gameplay. Um, since the whole thing's in third person, and since you're fighting in giant mechs, like you always feel the the whole thing feels really tight. You feel really cool while you're in combat with all these different monsters. Um, the shooting feels good. The enemies for the most part, are fairly smart. Obviously, there's some, a lot of technical issues with the game, but for the most part, you're zip-zapping around, flying from, from here to there, and killing a bunch of bad guys. 
So one of the interesting things about the game is that every there's four classes and each of them plays very differently. I've been playing as a Colossus. This is the tanky class in the game. There's also Interceptor, Storm, and Ranger. Ranger's the sort of the default class, so that it has like a general set of abilities. If you played Mass Effect, I would compare it to the Soldier. Pretty, pretty. They're pretty similar, other than you know the jetpacks. I was gonna say it had been a while, and you hadn't mentioned jetpacks yet. And from the marketing material, it seemed like jetpacks were a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge part of the game. It's also like a bit of a double-edged sword because the flying feels really good. Um, but for whatever reason, they don't seem to want you to fly all that much. The jetpacks can overheat and they overheat really quickly. I don't know the exact time, but if I had to guess that you can only stay in the air for 10 seconds unless otherwise influenced by outside forces. 10 seconds? That's all they give you? It's between like 10 and 15 seconds. It's not real long. You can do some things to elongate that amount of time, such as flying through waterfalls and like hovering just above the water so that your jets get cooled. It is a really cool mechanic, but ultimately when you're flying around in these super high tech mechs, you're thinking like, why why the fuck can I only fly for 15 goddamn seconds? Everything I saw about that game made me think that this was a game that I was going to be spending most of my time jetpacking around. That this was a jetpack-based game. Oh, you are. You are. The thing that they don't tell you is that you're also going to have to land for five seconds, or for about three seconds every 15 seconds to let your jets cool down, and then you're going to jump back in the air and then continue flying. So, (laughs) I don't know. So, they they may have got you on that one, Yeah, clearly. They showed me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When you get when you get really, I'm gonna I'm gonna say when you get lucky, when you get missions that are sort of contrived to like follow like river paths and stuff, you can pretty much fly indefinitely. But for the most part, every time you have to fly, you, I would say, seventy five percent of the times you have to fly somewhere, you have to stop along the way to cool your jets. So, as far as mobility goes, it feels really good, but for some fucking reason, they don't want you to do it. For very long. That's a very prudish attitude to take I, to jetpacks. Jetpacks that they invented, mind you. It's, I know. Um, I mean, the thing about it is, like, it, it adds an interesting mechanic to the flying. It's not just get up in air, go direction. Like, it adds, like, there's design there. Like, they thought about this, and they were like, we need, we need these players to do something else while they're flying around. And unfortunately, the answer to that was, let's not let them do that thing for very long. <laughs> I, I like when there's water around and then I can like fly really close to the earth and cool and just keep going. But I think at this point I only like it because I'm like shell shocked from having to fucking land every 10 seconds. And I'm like, Oh, there's no water. What do I do? I it just, I'm just yeah. shocked because everything I saw about this game it, was jetpacks. Yeah. Yeah. I even picked the class that had the, the cool thrusters on the back. So I was like, Yay, this is jet a jetpack packs. Game. I want to see them. This is a jetpack game. I'm 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 Iron yeah, Man now. This is a game where you fly. Right, you're the but Rocketeer. No. You're gonna fly around with your jetpacks, and you're gonna do jetpack stuff. Yeah. No, it's it's more like that that jetpack in uh, GTA Three, where you can go up for a little bit, and it's oh no, then... that's not a great comparison at all. 
<laughs> no, that's not fair. The the mobility feels really good. Like when you're flying around and if you ignore your your overheat bar and you're just like, I'm the king of the world. But if you ignore your overheat bar, then you're going to plummet to the earth and crash and be overheated and not be able to do anything for like 10 more seconds. So if you overheat, there is a severe punishment for it. Man, I'm, I'm hmm? just disappointed. I'm disappointed because I was, <laughs> I was looking Audibly. forward to a jetpack game. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. This isn't no, the one. No, clearly not. I mean, there's there's enough backlash where I think they're going to extend that a bit. And I think they need to, honestly. Like, even as someone who gets why they put it in the game and would appreciate it if it was a longer period, I they really need to t- tune this. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the jetpack portion of the game. The so the, the classes, like I said, they all have their own abilities. I, I as someone, I've only been playing Colossus. I played Ranger for like the tutorial, and I tested it out a little bit later. Um, so I'm gonna have to uh, trust some of the information I get from other people. Um, one of the things to note too is that I've been playing this um, predominantly with two other friends. Sometimes a full squad of four. So, like, my experience may be slightly different from what other people have experienced because I'm playing it socially, as I think the game is intended. So, what I what I can definitely say is there are plenty of useless abilities in the game that are completely undertuned, or just don't feel good at all, or just, like, I literally can't think of a use for them. With the Colossus specifically, there's, like, two different mortar abilities, and I was just... And, like, off the flak cannon... So if you've played Mass Effect, a lot of the game is based around like setting up like detonation combos where you literally prime a target by like, you know, in mass, I'll use uh, the Venom Spitter in Anthem as an example. You'll shoot acid on these dudes and then you'll you'll electrocute them with another ability and then they'll explode and do extra damage to that target and everything around it. So a good way of clearing waves is setting up these detonations there's the Colossus has several abilities that don't seem to detonate and also don't seem to do a tremendous amount of damage to compensate for that fact so i i just haven't found a use for them like they they do a lot of damage but like when comparing them to like the very simple detonations that you can set up with half of the other kit it's like fucking common sense. Like, why would I ever, why would I ever use a burst mortar to deal three damage to a stationary location when I can spit acid on a moving target and then detonate them while still firing my gun at them? Like, it's I don't. But neither here nor yeah. Um, from what I've read, uh, the ranger class is entirely irrelevant in the game. People are advised not to play them on Grandmaster two and three, just because they're they're frail and their abilities. Aren't is is Grandmaster like higher difficulty levels? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um. Yeah. So the the game has six different difficulties. Um. Three are end game. Grandmaster being those. Grandmaster one, two, and three are the sort of the end game content. Uh. Don't really know what to compare that to for Destiny players. They definitely have like hard modes that just get harder and literally just makes enemies stronger. Um, doesn't really add many mechanics to the game. Ooh, I got a beef. Just did one of the, I'll, I'll call them dungeons. They call them strongholds <laughs> in the game. Basically you do dungeons. Dungeons have bosses. Those bosses drop loot. One of the dungeons is just the last mission. And um, you you go through it and it's, you get to the last boss. And without revealing anything, that boss fight ends when the boss is at about 25%. So me, 
me assuming that when they convert this to a dungeon, they're just gonna, you know, especially on the harder difficulties, they're just gonna make the full health bar, like what what that mm-hmm. boss is, because because obviously the boss just disappears at twenty five percent health, and the loot appears in the most unsatisfying that events sounds I've ever experienced. so lazy. It's maybe the laziest goddamn thing ever. And also, two of the dungeons are infinitely harder than the uh, the first dungeon. It's absolutely not worth playing two of the dungeons right now if you're trying to gear up, um, because like they are astronomically more difficult than Tyrant Tyrant Mine. Okay. Um, so if you're trying to gear up or you just want to complete a dungeon, you're just running the same dungeon over and over again. This is also the only dungeon that is available to you until you beat the game. When you beat the game, you get two more dungeons. So if you decide to do the dungeons while you're leveling up, you're going to also be doing that one same dungeon to gear up in the end game. And that is that is what you will be doing. That may be more relevant for the later uh, rounds, but as far as the gameplay goes, <laughs> I'll summarize it by saying uh, the, the gunplay is tight. A lot of abilities are absolutely useless, though. Not all classes are created equal. Flying really needs to be tuned, but it's 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 almost there. It's a game that like it, the gameplay is so close that I I just want to shake it into having some common sense. Well, that's fair. Yeah. So Apex mm-hmm. Legends, can you think of anything bad to say about the gameplay? Because that was that just seemed like you had nothing but glowing things. to oh, say. Oh man, about. I so. If you had asked me last week, if we had recorded this last week, I would have told you that Apex Legends was some of the most fun I've had in FPS in a year. Talking to you this mm-hmm. week, game's fucking trash. Oh, <laughs> let me let me tell you let me let me tell what you happened? why. For I'm not great at games. I'm okay. I hold my own. You know, I I do okay. <laughs> you know, I played a lot of I played a lot of FPSs in my day. Played played some online, you know. Played a good amount of Rainbow Six Siege. As far you know, for recent online stuff, played a good amount of Overwatch. I think I held my own pretty well in Overwatch. I'm not terrible, is what I'm saying. But the fact that these matches aren't balanced in any way, they're not skill balanced in any way. I go in there and I'm being paired up with and against people that have clearly not stopped playing this game since it was released. Hmm. And have learned every single secret spot to stand where you can see through this little crack that you wouldn't know you could see through unless you had been playing it since you were born. It's not fun because... So you're just not having fun anymore, yeah, huh? The, the problem seems to be that in that first week when everyone was garbage, and I was garbage <laughs> as well, there was a lot of fun to be had. People that I was paired up with mm. were just there to have a good time. And would laugh off when we got ambushed or something stupid happened. That, like, ah, yeah, we probably could have handled that better. But, yeah, whatever. Back to the lobby to try again. And now, (laughs) man, people are just so angry. And people are, they're taking it so seriously. It's like everyone now is trying, you know, everyone realized this is going to be the next big game on Twitch and everything. So they're all trying to look good and play the best they possibly can. And I'm just kind of enjoying this game. Like, oh, I'm going to find some cool loot and I'm going to go shoot some people and maybe I'll get a kill. Maybe I won't. Whatever. Uh, no, not good enough. People yelling at me. People mm. screaming. People getting angry when, when you die. 
like there was a meme going around a while where some someone was showing that they had uh, some job posting where they were requiring like eight years of experience with some programming language that only had existed for three. <laughs> that's that's what I feel like playing yeah. playing yeah, Apex. I like I gotta go in there every round. I get matched up with people and apologize because I'm not 200 IQ at this game. <laughs> so it, it's just sucked all of the fun and enjoyment out of it. Where I, I get in there and people are just angry all the time no one's having fun anymore huh that's a shame so it's it's not not a casual game anymore yeah and i i would love it if there was a, a casual server I, like a way i could just say i don't have a twitch career that i'm trying to i'm trying to prop up with with footage <laughs> of this game i apologize yeah in advance if your twitch footage doesn't look good because of my garbage play. Yeah. But I would love to see a game actually pull that off because that's, that's been a problem in gaming for a long time. Even like I listened to an interview with like the head of the halo studio who was like, yeah, I love playing halo multiplayer for the first week. And then after that, I just have to switch to firefight cause I get dumpstered. It's like, well, that, that, uh, that happens to a lot of people like casuals, heads of the studio that makes that game. Like that's a fucking problem. Yeah. I just want to play a couple of games with some casual dudes who also want to play a couple of games. And that's, there was a good two weeks mm. where I was playing Apex Legends every night. And then I had one day where not, not even by my, like trying to be humorously shitty at the game had mm. like four or five rounds in a row that lasted less than two minutes. I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done. This is, I'm done with this. Really well-made game, though. Really fun. Really good, but trash. Well, there, there's, there's a good everyman pitch for our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely not advocating to make games easier for us. I think there's still a lot of growth for accessibility in the industry. And that Apex Legends, good example. I'd pay 20 bucks to just play this game with bots. Against yeah, with a couple of friends. Overwatch added it eventually. You know, you know what I liked about it is at no point did someone accuse me of eating diapers. Just happened to me in in, uh, Rocket League. I had some guy screaming at me and saying that I ate diapers. (laughs) I I don't know what you're talking about. He wasn't even specifying dirty diapers. It was just that I ate diapers. That's yeah, that's an okay burn. Uh, It's not a common one. No, it wasn't. It wasn't racist (laughs) or homophobic or anything. It was just weird. Uh. So, so that, that leaves us in an interesting position for the gameplay portion. So you're just not having fun. Yeah. That's a pretty strong argument against it winning around about having fun in a game. I was having fun until other people started having fun. And now I can't have fun anymore. It sounds like your game's more fun. Yeah, Anthem is fun. It, I have problems with it, but it is definitely fun. Like I said, I played it for 14 hours straight yesterday, and that wasn't because, you know me chatting up people in town was so fucking riveting, but it was because the gameplay loop was genuinely fun. So I, I guess we can safely move on to round two and declare round one to... Uh, I Anthem. think you're right. Art and sound. Art and sound uh, in Anthem is is really breathtaking, honestly. It's it's this massive world that you're flying around. The, the waterfalls look beautiful. The greenery is lush. It, it, it looks a little bit gray in the HDR. Now to note, I, I'm playing this on the Xbox One X, so it's it's going to be upscaled a little bit. I think it's just HDR. It may also be 4K. Should know this, but regardless, game looks beautiful. The sounds of like the thrusters are just—it's so good. It, it's so 
It's so good that I had to like turn it down a bit because it sounded so authentic that it was just like rumbling my entire apartment. And I was like, oh, listen to that. I'm my downstairs neighbor is going to come up here and stab me in the fucking heart. <laughs> um, it, for whatever reason, the game looks like a little bit gray to me. Um, I don't know what it is, but like I feel like it could be a little bit more like verdant a lot of times. Like they may have just toned it down because the world is so damn lush. And it's very much sort of like, like um, sort of overrun civilization seems to be like the theme where you kind of go out and you sort of find these like moss, moss covered towers and stuff like okay. that. And um, I guess the whole the whole premise of the game is this sort of like a world that's not wasn't completed by the gods. So that that, that opens up a lot of like um, opportunities for art because you can literally the sky's the limit. Like what what? the hell could possibly happen on a planet that was like like half designed they do a pretty good job of it um there's a little bit of like sort of sameness like i could almost point out some aspects or maybe even assets of the game that may have just come straight from dragon age inquisition wow not throwing any fingers but a couple of the biomes in the world map reminded me a lot of things that I saw in inquisition and maybe maybe it's just because it's just straight out of the fantasy fantasy rule book or not but you know I, I i'm not i'm definitely not calling them lazy the game still <laughs> looks great one of the interesting things about it though is that it meshes like sci-fi and fantasy the map's very much a fantasy map but then you're dealing with like really high-tech mechs even though you're in like what sort of looks like istanbul and, and like bizarre in istanbul when you're in, on, in the uh the the hometown area where it's like nothing's really like fancy or high tech in the city, but then you go to the forge and you're dealing with like the most sophisticated equipment that like fucking earthlings couldn't even fathom. Um, so it really does a good job of like building the art around like those two sort of conflicting ideas. Um, I, I truly think it's a, a beautiful game and the, the, the audio, the audio always impresses. I, I haven't really found, well, shouldn't say always there's there's a bug and this isn't really related to the design of the audio but i'm gonna just note it now while i'm talking about it there's a very common bug where the audio will cut out and will just never come back so you have to reboot the game <laughs> me and me and all of my friends have experienced it it's uh been irritating because it's really jarring to play a game with no audio especially a game where you're in like an open world and you'd sort of need all of your senses to know what's going on all the time so uh bioware please fix that i know you have so many things on your list of bugs this is a buggy goddamn game but like that's a real bad one and having to boot reboot an entire game when you're in a party with people is like kind of a logistical nightmare like you have to like reassign squad leader and all this stupid stuff so just, just please but overall sound art and audio very pleased with the game how about apex legends apex legends looks good uh in the same way that like titanfall 2 looked good it's just kind hmm. of worn down futuristic buildings and and flora and fauna um the areas are I can't say they're all you know very inspired or well or anything I haven't seen before. I'm guessing a lot of the stuff was either explicitly or or partially reused from Titanfall 2. Just the way that a lot of the I think it's supposed to technically be in the same universe. 
Yeah, from from what I've heard, is is there much mention of that? In Not the game? that I've noticed. <laughs> there's there's a lot of it, it's a good looking game, but it's it's nothing that I'm gonna you know, it's nothing that I would say. Oh my god, this is breathtaking! You got to check it out. I have nothing like the the glowing words that you're saying ab- about <laughs> this game. At least as far as that stuff goes, it's it looks better than PUBG and Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. So so Fortnite very stylized. PUBG just looks yep. bad generally so uh not really a glowing recommendation no but but yeah it's something it looks better than PUBG and fortnite and Hmm. um it looks as good as a lot of fps as i've played recently it's a very pretty game but Hmm. it's not there's nothing about it that i would that i would say looks incredible Hmm. and there's no part of it that i would say is like oh god yeah you can tell looking at that screenshot that's from from apex legends versus just from a good FPS of, of the modern era. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually, that's a really good point to Anthem is that if you saw a picture of Anthem, like you could probably pick it out pretty quickly. Cause it looks so otherworldly. Like I can, I can just imagine a screenshot of one of these like outrageous cliffs. that's like overhanging this like whole Valley, like something you would never see in like a natural environment. Mm. There's not any of that. I mean, there's there's notable locations, but that's only no, they're only notable because I've played in them. They're mm. not super memorable. They're not things that ten years from now I'm gonna see. You know, I'm I'm gonna think about those places that I used to play Apex play in Apex Legends. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just fine. Right. Well, very very workable. Yeah. Very very playable. Very mem or very uh utilitarian, but nothing that I I would send screenshots to anyone of. <laughs> Fair point, fair point. All right, so it sounds like it's safe to say that Anthem wins round two. Yeah, I two. would say so. This is this is interesting. Not, not the way you thought uh, this was going to so, go? Well, not the way the internet would have thought it was going to go. So we have Anthem up 2-0 right now, and there's still three points to dole out. So our third and final one-point category is... Um, I'm just going to go with world-building for now. Um, we don't have a firm name on this category yet, but sort of... What makes this game sort of special and immersive, like the story and other intangibles that are hard to uh, detail regularly? And I'll let you start this one off. Man, I'm sure there are some. <laughs> you know, it's the world is inconsequential. It's it's in the future. The play wherever it is you are has gone to shit because. Because the buildings mm. are run down, but there's no obvious evidence of like it's gone to shit because the Triffids showed up and destroyed. Like there's there's no obvious indication of what happened. I, I'm sure there's some event that happened that caused the world to be like this, but none of that is is telegraphed or or displayed in the gameplay. Right. It's just it's just a world that you're fighting in. So it, and this is on an island, correct? Yeah, there's an island. The island. There are these. It has no rhyme or reason for being. Not that I've seen. There are these creatures that are off in the distance that are, look like kind of if AT-ATs were actually living creatures. I don't know what the fuck they are. I don't know why they're there. They're, they're there in the distance. <laughs> you can't do anything with them. You can't see them. I've seen people on the Apex Legends subreddit reference them by name. I don't know where they got that name. I don't know who's saying that name. Do do they matter? No. They're just there. Other than, but at least there. there, there's something that's, that's I, I every time I'm dropping, I see this distant. I wonder what those are. None of my business. <laughs> I, maybe maybe Jesus. there's an archive 
hidden in the mountains in the game that you're supposed to access and and read like it's like it's Mass Effect and you're supposed to read 30 hours of of documentation that they wrote for it but it's it's a big it's a big future world if you told me that they stole a map from Borderlands yep sure did I completely believe that <laughs> it's just a cell shaded biome and on the map that'd be yeah, if you took Borderlands and got rid of the cell shading it would look and made the graphics good it, it would look a lot like Apex so, Legends. So nothing, nothing's really, nothing about the game really makes it stand out, other than like the the gameplay aspects. Yeah, the gameplay, saying. great. Um, the, I mean, the heroes are just there's, there's nothing special about the heroes that distinguishes them from any other class based game. Like they're not there's a robot, but a lot of futuristic games have a robot class, and the mm. robot says things that I would imagine some of the uh, the HK droids from knights of the old republic would have said like you know don't forget oh, sassy yeah, don't forget to breathe if you if you're a being that requires oxygen or something like that but yes very yeah. novel yeah sassy bots is a good word for it they've got they've got sassy robots and they <laughs> say the sassy things robots they're not even like overly vulgar and insane like claptrap they're just slightly sassy hmm. it, it's all fine it, it all works to push the game into into it facilitates the game, but none of, if if you're not completely enamored with the game, none of this helps. Oh boy, I want to say nicer things about it because I did have fun with it for a couple of weeks, but I just I can't anymore. This is uh, I, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting take on this game. I'm I'm curious about our, how our listeners feel about all of it. Yeah. I, I, I want it to be better. <laughs> I want to tell you there's something yeah. there that's oh, but when you see this. When you get to this location, when you hear this character's audio, but it's just, just mm. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I know the names of the characters because I saw them on screens, not because they're, they're names I need to know. Well, so <laughs> <laughs> this is really interesting. Um, so Anthem. Oh, so one of the interesting things about this too, is that I'm actively playing. Are, have you ceased playing? Apex I stopped Legends? playing Apex Legends uh, or mid to early last week. And I was playing it every night for three hours leading up to that. So I I was avidly playing it until the community or the people I was playing with just got angry and mean and it stopped being fun. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering where I'm going to land with Anthem in like a a couple weeks because it has a lot of the same problems that Destiny 2 had and Destiny 2 I fell off on pretty quick and pretty hard. I think I got a solid month out of it and I never even went back for the X-Pack, which is supposed to be phenomenal. Mm. Um, Whereas I played the original Destiny for a couple months and then I went back for both the X-Packs and really enjoyed them. Yeah, I mean... I don't have super glowing things to say about Anthem in um, in this category. Um, really, the narrative is quite paltry, especially from like a, a story developer and uh, a single player developer like Bioware. The quote I said to a friend last night was, the story is like a sub-story on any planet in the Mass Effect universe. <laughs> so, like, the story could have easily been told in two to three hours as like a non-consequential story that resulted in you getting an ally or something like that in the Mass Effect universe. But in Anthem, they told a pretty generic story. Bioware also chose to have a bunch of 
a bunch of NPCs that you could talk to in sort of like the in the dialogue tree sense, but instead of it being like fully branching trees with like Paragon and not, it's just uh, you know, one to two options that affects only the immediate dialogue right after that choice, and then it it just spins back up and it like it, it ends. It always ends up being the same discussion you have with these people. Mm. Is now uh, this is one of the interesting things. The game actually crashed on me and a couple times during dialogues, so I got the opportunity to retry a couple dialogues, and there was no difference other than like they would be slightly annoyed for the sentence after a response that may have been a bit more sassy, <laughs> um, and then they would end up saying the same thing anyway. So like obviously this isn't a, a big single player, you know fuck fest like mass effect was because you can't even have you can't have relationships in it which i didn't really care too much about i i i, I was more upset with the lack of gravity in all of the discussions with the npcs how like and again this isn't what they were going for at all but they sort of like tickle you with it a little bit just enough to make it like oh man i wish this was just a mass effect 4 like why <laughs> why are you doing this to me so like I, I I would almost they rather just left it all out because like the NPCs don't give you quests they don't give you rewards for talking to a bunch, it is literally just to to build the world and that's sort of like what this category is for but I just don't think they do a good job of it. It, it sounds like they at least made an effort. Uh, yes yes more than more than Apex Legends so I won't I won't harp on it too much because it sounds like you're not gonna advocate. For I am that not to gonna say that Apex either. Legends is the winner in this category. Yeah. <laughs> um. One thing I did want to note, because this is sort of a category that keeps in mind like the immersive qualities of a game, one of the things that really annoyed me about the early game is that you have no reason to be in the open world for any reason other than one single quest where you have to go pick up a few embers, embers being a crafting material. You literally have, there's no point in doing free play until after you beat the campaign, and then you can do it to grind for gear, which is not a good way to grind for gear. Or you can do it to complete a quest that has fairly arbitrary rewards by doing absurd goals like 100 world events. World events are pretty common mm -hmm. for just for reference. So you can probably find one every like five minutes, but like five times 100, that's 500 minutes. And that's if you're lucky. Like I fly around sometimes for like 15 minutes and not find anything. So I, I gotta say, I'm not not really super impressed with what they did with the game in like these aspects, but like ov overall, like I'm still enjoying the world that it takes place in. Um, whereas doesn't sound like you are at all. <laughs> I just, I don't feel like there's much, there's all that much world to enjoy. And that's if you, like, if you said like, what do you think of the world building in lore around unreal tournament? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the, the levels look pretty cool. All right, so pretty safe to say, I think, that uh, Anthem also takes that round, which is crazy, because that means it's de facto winner. We're still going to talk about the our overall experiences, just to give you guys a more full uh, understanding of uh, our experience of the game, obviously, our overall experience. Um, but it sounds like the official winner for Episode 1, and we'll be moving on to the winner's bracket, is Anthem. Yeah. Woo. Nice job, Anthem. Yeah, go Anthem. Yeah. Let's uh please please don't crucify us, uh, internet. Um again, we were not paid by anyone and to uh 
to to back Anthem. We know it's going through some shit right now on the internet, um, and rightly so. It is a very buggy game that need probably needed six more months. Um, I, I will segue this into the overall experience seamlessly. Mm. Um, <laughs> also worth noting um, something that we didn't make mention of is both these games are published by EA. So no one would have bought us off anyway, but regardless. Yeah. So my overall experience with Anthem has been positive question mark. I say that because as recently as yesterday morning, I almost got on with Xbox customer service and demanded a refund. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good game. Yeah. So, yeah, so like <laughs> this this is might have been where it got interesting if Anthem didn't already sweep the board here, but I uh I couldn't launch the game for the f- like 45 minutes. And I'm I'm not talking log into the servers, which is a whole other fucking disaster. I couldn't launch the game for 45 minutes yesterday. This is after a week of me logging in, the servers not connecting me or disconnecting me immediately or other bugs like if you don't close the game all the way and try and reconnect you're never gonna be able to this is all my experience on the one x and this is again my our experience very subjective category um i i just so many bugs the audio bug that i had mentioned before culminated in literally i had gotten to the point where if this game doesn't fucking load this try i'm gonna fucking shout at some poor poor customer service person i know it's not their fault i'm just a maniac and demand my money back um because i'd also bought the deluxe version because i'm stupid don't don't ever buy deluxe versions people please um (laughs) so i was i stood to recoup 80 dollars, and i still i still don't know if the game was worth that much I definitely am enjoying the game. Obviously, I'm playing it a lot. I'm a bit of a loot horror type person, so I really like the shoot and loot style games. But I, the game's got so far to go. Like it, it needed to be re- released next fall. Really, like it needs more content. The end game seems to just be the one dungeon that I had mentioned before, because it's the only way to get guaranteed masterwork, which is the highest tier of loot. Mm-hmm. You get you get one guaranteed masterwork at the end of that, and that is the only way to do that. And upping the difficulty only increases the random drops of the masterworks and also the legendaries, which are a rank above masterworks and the highest rank in the game currently. So those are the most sought after items. So literally, it's a lot like Destiny. It's get just a lot like a lot of MOs. it's like get more gear to get more gear and it's not to do more content it's just to get more gear so yeah just to sum up like i'm having a lot of fun with it but it's it's a game i would have waited for to see that perfect iteration i don't know who who our audience might be but like always always advocate for developers taking their time like i don't don't let publishers like ea like force out a game or don't stand for it. I shouldn't say. I don't know what the hell you're gonna do. Don't <laughs> don't try and don't try and call up your buddy, uh, the president of EA, and be like, "Hey, listen." If if EA calls and says, "You know what, Anthem's not quite ready yet, but we'll put it out early if you tell us to," say no. <laughs> Just say no for um, all of us. Yeah. So what was your? I, I think you've you've summed it up pretty well. But your overall experience of Apex Legends was, you know, the problem is it's a good game. It's very it's very well made. It's a very tight game, but it's a game that I can't play because I'm not twelve <laughs> because I don't have all, all. I don't get home. Are from you school saying only twelve year olds can be good at games? 
No, I'm just saying that I don't have the time to put in because because it's entirely a skill game. Mm. There, there is no unlock that's going to make me better. There is no new character that's going to. It's entirely a skill based game, and so if you're not not only just really good at FPSs, but also willing to put in the time to learn the real intricacies of this game, you're not going to perform at a level that allows you to have fun because mm. you die in thirty seconds, and that, that's an exaggeration. Sometimes you last a long time, but with a lot of these these run throughs, I have it's. 10 minutes of swapping out my loot for slightly better loot as we raid areas that have already been shot and then getting shot in the face. Yeah. And as much as I enjoy personally going through and finding good loot for someone to pick off my dead body. And there is a sense of satisfaction (laughs) in having the best possible loot for someone to steal and pry from my cold dead hands. (laughs) It's, it just feels very hollow at the end. What, what moments am I going to remember from this playthrough? And it's it's none. Um, well, good job, Anthem. Yeah, good job, Congratulations. Anthem. We won't even dole out the last category, but no. uh, Anthem, yay. Clap, good, clap, 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 clap. good for you guys. Good, good, good for you, yay. I hope you earn all the money that you deserve, question mark. <laughs> uh, we're, we're making them more money. What are we, what are we doing, Andy? No. Um, yeah. And anything else uh, before, as we wrap up? No, uh... Uh, please, anyone who wants to crucify me on this, please keep in mind that I, I am saying it's a good game. I am just saying that I did not have the fun with it that I should have, and therefore I can't rank it highly. Yeah. When you uh, rattle off your um, Twitter handle and YouTube, they may understand the type of games that you like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess that, that leads us to wrapping up here. Um, Segway. So, yeah. That's, you're doing a good job there. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to th- thank thank everyone for, for listening to us here if you want to hear more about what I do and the kind of horrible opinions you've already assumed that I have <laughs> uh, come see all of my hot tanks on, takes in solitaire games and puzzle RPGs at uh, Solitalker S, you know, solitaire but with talking that's on Twitter and on YouTube hmm. hot tanks that makes me want to play that uh, tank dating game oh man I never played that Panzer Maidens Panzer Maidens, that's it. Uh, I tried to explain that to a non-gamer friend not long ago, and they they just were like, I'm never going to play video games. <laughs> it's 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 ruined. It's over. You guys. Um, video games were a mistake, clearly. <laughs> yes, yes, just, yeah. And, uh, yeah, thanks also for watching and li- watching. Shit. Listening. There's no video component. Um, I'm Brent Langevin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and some other platforms uh, with the handle Arcadia. Uh, it's a K-E-Y in the end. I guess you could pronounce that Arcadia. I'll figure out a better way to rattle that off in less than 12 sentences in the future. And yeah, this has been episode one. Thanks for watching. Listening. Shit. <laughs>